Alongside me, albeit via computer, Sam. And today we'll be discussing our top five tracks on the DTC calendar, past and present. Yeah, so today we are going to be looking at tracks. Um, I think best to get into it, we'll give you all the tracks that we've got on our combined list. Uh, and then we'll tell you where we're going to place them. So in total, we have Brandsatch GP, we've got Donington Park, Snetterton, Mondello Park, Croft, Knock Hill, and Rockingham. Uh, so getting straight into it, then we'll start with your top, your fifth place circuit, Russ. Mm-hmm. What have you got? I've gone for Croft on this one, Uh, a staple of the British touring car calendar, first debuting in the series in 1968, Um, possibly the most technical circuit on the calendar, uh, arguably, certainly of the longer ones, Um, it's got a nice mix for me of of fast, you've got a nice long straight and then difficult hairpins and chicanes etc, I think that whilst it does favour the rear wheel drive and the power uh, cars, I think the technical ability helps to minimise that gap between all the cars on the grid and bring it down to driver. Yeah, very much so. It, it's, as you say, a track that has been on the calendar for a while now, and it's one that we do always seem to see action at. That, that first yeah. corner is notorious for action, whether it's bollards flying everywhere or someone being parked up in the gravel after the first 20 seconds of the race. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it certainly gets some of the best action that we see all season. You've also got the uh, hairpin right at the end, which always there's always a last-minute overtake for the lead on there. How many times have we seen cars go to the line side by side after the hairpin? Yeah, um, it's so also, it's so tempting to have a push to pass in there, isn't it? It absolutely well, it happens quite a lot. Um, but also the other thing, it often brings out weird and wonderful results. So sort of independents often get a pick of a podium here or there. Um, you occasionally see some win the race, particularly the final race, you wouldn't necessarily expect. It's a good, I say, it's a good um, way of levelling the field, I think, because of the technical parts of the circuit. That it's not when you can drive flat out round like Bruxton. Um, yeah, it is when you need to have a bit of skill as well. Yeah, I think the the thing that I remember Croft for most was that qualifying accident. What two two or three seasons ago, when it was absolutely bucketing it down with rain. And yep. every man and his dog went off in coming into the last sector, and yep. there was some. There were some bad injuries there, um, but as far as we're aware, that everyone has recovered from them. Um, but there were some mangled cars as well. Yeah, as I say, it's a it's a circuit that's very unforgiving. Um, you have to get things right. You have to be on your game. Um, and as I say, for me, it's just that a nice way of levelling the field. From yes, you've got the power. Cars. Yes, you've got some real drive cars, which it, it tends to favour, but it's not exclusively favouring those. Like we know trucks and favours a certain group of cars. Yeah, I think Brian. Uh, sorry, I think Croft is good at sort of levelling out the uh, the grid into pure driverability. That's why we've seen so many odd uh, yet interesting results over the years. Well, my fifth position track uh, is Knock Hill, actually. Uh, so it's one of the smallest tracks on the calendar. 
uh, only 1.27 miles, which is comparatively tiny compared to some of them. Um, it has a lap record of just shy of 52 seconds, set surprisingly by Colin Turkington. Now, on yep. such a small track, you'd think it's quite a twisty technical thing that maybe a Honda Civic would like or something like that. But no, it's the big power of the rear-wheel drive BMW. It's been on the calendar since 1992. Um, eight corners. And for me, the best corner, it was difficult to choose, is between Black Circle Chicane, that one that just goes over the crest, or the yep. first corner of Duffer's Dip. Duffer's Dip all day long. Yeah. <laughs> so, just, just seeing them appear... From the start line, coming cascading down the hill into that chicane, cars are flying everywhere normally on the first lap, taking to escape roads and and yeah, there's loads of action for such a small track. Yeah, and it's always raining as well. I was I was going to say I've got written down the weather is always a factor. Um, yeah, which makes and it more exciting. Those elevation changes, you get puddles out of nowhere, and yeah. you'll get people skating off. And one thing that's probably quite notable about the circuit is there's very little runoff. If you yes. if you get it wrong at Knock Hill, you're normally in a barrier. Yeah. Um, yeah or a gravel trap. But um, yeah, it's quite low on your list though. Cause it's on my list as well, but quite a bit higher. Oh really? Yeah. Where does it place on your list then? It's a strong second on my list. Oh really? I, I love Knock Hill. I, the reason I love Knock Hill so much is because. You think the championship's sewn up when you go there quite a lot of the time. You know, there's a big lead at the top, someone's or someone's got to come into a gap at the top, then knock hill changes everything. There's always it's always the circuit that yep. turns the championship on its head and makes it go into the final few races because you as you say, if you get it wrong there, you can quite easily have a DNF. Be leading the race and go to a DNF. We've seen that many a time over the year. Like I remember a couple of seasons ago, uh, Tom Ingram tore the bottom of his car off hmm, through the, uh, the disqualifications. Yep, Ash yeah. Dash Sutton from memory, they tore the bottom of their cars off going through the floods. It's always that track to say that just brings the championship into the final few weekends and makes it still a spectacle because it's a it's a track that always throws up surprises, often due to the weather as well. Um, and as you said, because it's got such one-off areas, an aero knock hill can make or break the championship. I, I think the, the one major downside for me of knock hill is there aren't quite enough spectator areas and because of how small the track is you have to cram people in and consequently yeah. from what I've seen the paddock and pit lane is very small Yeah, and I mean if they could update that and and be able to extend make the areas for people to watch from much bigger then yes it would probably be higher on my list as well but from a spectator point of view it's, it's just lacking a little bit to the other other tracks that I've got on my list I can completely understand that. You're right. It's not the best facilities circuit. And yeah. As you say, there is a. You compare it to some of the MSV tracks, it is lacking quite a lot. But in terms of sheer racing, that's why it's higher for my list. It's the amount of drama. You've never had a dull race weekend at Knock Hill. No. no. I can't. We've had dull race weekends at Bruxton and other tracks. We've never had a dull race weekend at Knock Hill. Not that I can remember anyway. So then, who is your fourth position track? Number four is the forgotten circuit of the British touring cars, and it's Mondello Park. Now, some people may not have heard of Mondello Park. Uh, it debuted in the touring cars in 2001, that long ago. There wasn't a staple on the calendar. It sort of dipped in and out and was like last used in 2006. It only hosted 15 races yep. in its British touring car uh, career. Um, but it's a really good track, and it's a track that 
took the touring cars around the UK. It's British touring cars. Yeah. It took it around Britain. It was the perfect way of doing it. Um, it's just a shame that it has fallen off hand. I'm not entirely sure why. Uh, I th- unfortunately, I think it was probably due to funding. And that that is something that we've seen for a few circuits that they've struggled for funding and they'll struggle to put it on the calendar. Whereas we've seen this season the emergence of, well, what would have been the Silverstone International Circuit. I think that's been very much pushed onto the calendar because of the funding that is behind it. Yeah, I can understand that. But Mondello Park still hosts uh, the Irish touring cars. It still hosts, if you look through its proposed calendar, albeit COVID <laughs> permitting, but... If you look through what it hosts a year, it hosts a lot of race weekends. Yeah. I, I, I get what you mean of investment and Silverstone, it helps you've got a director on the board who is a British, British touring car driver as well. Yep. There's quite a few old boys, if you like, on that on the director's board who've probably helped to get it onto the calendar. It's just a shame that I as much as I like certain circuits, I hate going circuits twice in a year. Yeah, it so something wrangles me a little bit because I'd rather go and use Mondello Park, Castle Coombe, if it could be changed slightly. You know, in the old days I went to Crystal Palace as well. It'd be just good to have these sort of circuits back on the calendar. And it produced great action. I remember Mike Jordan taking his maiden uh, win there in 2006 on a reverse grid race. It's, it, was, it was a difficult, twisty, tight circuit as well. It was a good, a, a good addition to the calendar. And it's almost been completely wiped from touring car history. It's very difficult to find anything about the touring car past uh, online about it. Even on their own website, they don't particularly brag about the fact they used to host the British touring cars there. It's just a pity that it only gave 15 races to the calendar. Yeah, it, it would be it would be great, I think, if we could have a longer calendar. Because I, I think the scope is there quite easily. Um, and oh, as you absolutely. say, taking it around the British Isles would probably be a better representation of the championship. Oh, I'd happily go for a weekend away in Ireland to go watch. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. There's no, yeah, but also you get to that audience out there as well. Which is why not kill is so important to have on the calendar because uh, Croft is the only other one that's northern, really. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's a logistical issue of getting everything across on ferries and stuff like that. Um, but that's that's the get, only thing that I can think of really. I get that, but then did it did host fifteen races? It must have worked for some. Yeah, it, you're right. If the expense outweighs the reward then unfortunately yeah you're absolutely right you can understand why but it's just one of those that I'd like to see expand the calendar rather than go to Ruxton twice rather than go to Silverstone twice or whatever I'd rather go to different circuits yeah yeah completely completely with you on that one uh, my fourth place track is probably what you might argue slightly low uh, a track that we have lost from the calendar in the last two seasons um, has only had it held its first race in 2003. Um, Sorry, are you, you talking about I think you're talking? This is low on your list? Yes, Rockingham. Oh, God. Well, it's on my list as well, but this is going to cause a, a massive argument then, so carry on. Okay, so it, it's 1.94 mile length circuit, 12 corners. For me, the best corner is arguably the second corner, which is the Dean Hairpin. Um, the amount of different lines that you can find into there and still get speed is astonishing. However, they all converge at one point, which normally <laughs> normally ends up in quite severe accidents sometimes. Um, I remember the Forza 6 uh, online style accident where I can't remember which car it was, but it didn't break effectively and 
just yeah t-boned right into the first corner complete yeah. complete take out of people yeah um one thing that the the circuit had going for it very much although was probably the end of it was the spectating areas the bank spectating you could see every corner on the track from those bank stands however safe they may be um and yeah it was just always a great spectacle going there a lovely technical infield as well um but it still as you said for croft it still had that power output on coming out that last corner all the way around to that hairpin you had to have a decent set up there to be able to go well well, it's on my list as well, but it is a lot higher on my list. In fact, it's my number one. Oh, really? Well, there's some sentimental reasons as well. Obviously, that's the first um, event I ever attended was at Rockingham yep. um, years ago. Um, it's a personal favourite because, as you say, from the spectator, it's the best track on the circuit because yeah. you can go everywhere. You've got, you can sit on the embankment in the outside bit, or you can go into the tunnel and be at the centre of the track on the pit lane. Yep. You can stand on the pit lane roof and yep. watch the action from there. From the spectator point of view, it is the best circuit I've ever visited, um, and it always gave you good results. The, way, uh, the weather is always unpredictable. We often got a, a wet race somewhere along the line. Um, we saw some crazy results there through the years as well. Where yeah. a bit like Croft again, it levels out the uh, it levels out the field a little bit because, as you say, the technical infield section is always uh, an interesting one. Well, Boston took a win there. Remember that? Do you remember the Exocet missile. Standing? Yep, standing on top of the car in the pit, which you can see perfectly from the stand. Yeah, it's just, yeah, for me, it's a, it's a crying shame that was dropped off the calendar because it was such a good race weekend. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it comes back in any form. Um, well, it's still being used. I, I know it's still being used because it, originally it was going to be torn down because of the subsidence in the grandstand, and I think uh, there's a suggestion it'd be used for schooling or uh, commerce etc yeah but it's now effectively the uk's auto uh, test track i was going to say dunlop dunlop have been testing there and goodyear haven't they yeah yeah which is understandable Uh, because that the banked corner of turn one is going to put different pressures onto the tires that you wouldn't expect anywhere else in the country and will test the absolute limits of the tires um, so yeah, I, I agree. It's it's a crying shame that it's not on the calendar anymore. I'm surprised that his first race there was only in 2003, and then yeah. it had a little gap till 2007. So yeah, where it was brought back on, yeah, uh, and last used in 2018. Yeah, I say it's just it's just a pity for me that it's only hoped 38 races in its uh, touring car career. It seems quite high, but if you compare to some of the other tracks in the circuit, it, sh- it should still be up there. It should still be being used. It's the only track that I'm aware of that's on the calendar that uses different disciplines of racing. So you've got the NASCAR section. Yeah. Then you've got almost a little bit of rally in the infield section. Yeah. With the changing gradients, etc. And then you've got the technical bits of the hairpin in the last corner. It's such a all-round circuit. Yeah. It's just, it's just such a shame it's off the calendar. It is certainly. Uh, so your third place, then. Third place. <clears throat> This one is uh, Brands Hatch GP circuit for me. Okay. So, 11 corners, uh, debuted in the championship in 1958, so yep. a particularly old-style uh, track. Obviously used to host the British Grand Prix years gone by as well. Um, it's just a really exciting addition to Brands. I like the Brands Indy circuit, but the GP circuits add so much more. That, that yeah. outfield section through the forest 
is really, really ex- quick and exciting. Yeah. Um, obviously, for me, the, the moment of my watching the touring cars will always be Camish last year down mm. Paddockfield Bend. I will never, ever forget that. And then um, following one race later, Camish uh, <laughs> going straight off at the end of the um, long straight, I think at Hawthorns. Yeah, at Camish Corner. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you, if you want racing and action, because it's such a small circuit, relatively speaking, the cars are never too far apart. There's always a battle on somewhere, even if it's where we're there last year, Turkson struggling to get past the MGs in the rain. You know, it's yeah. such an exciting circuit, full of action. It's never a processional race. There's always something going on, uh, often because there's so many hill parts of the circuit as well, whether it's dragging up the hill or speeding down to Graham Hill Bend. It's just a really, really good circuit. Yeah. Well, for me, that's top of my list. Um, really? Yeah, so Colin Turkington from 2016 holds the lap record there of a 1 minute 31.3. As uh, you say, 11 corners. Best corner for me, possibly in the British Touring Cards, is Paddock Hill Bend. Yeah, I understand that. Um, and just because I think it, because it's the curtain closer of the season, there's great atmosphere. You get races finishing going into the dusk in that final race. Yeah. Um, it staged some hugely dramatic races, whether that's title deciders or, as you say, Camish making massive moves outside of Paddock Hill Bend. And the the gradient changes, as you say, make it so challenging, and especially yeah. in the wet. Yes. I mean, we've we've been racing on Forza, and we know simulated how difficult it is. Um, yeah. So to actually drive it, but yeah, that's top of the bill for me just because of the amount of different circumstances that people have going into that final weekend of the season and it always brings up something also from a spectator point of view obviously we went there for the first time last year it's a very well spectator orientated track isn't it there's lots of things to do lots of places to be for the indie part yes the the only thing I would probably change for it is having more spectating that's accessible out in that yes. back loop. Um, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, but that's probably the only thing that I'd change. But in fairness, the indie part is so well laid out, and the screens are so accessible, you don't miss the action going no. into there. No, uh, you we don't. sort of three different three different places during our visit there. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it's very very good indeed. Yeah, it was. Well, wow. uh, so I better go on to my number two then. Uh, my number three first. Oh yes, yeah, so that was my number course. one. Yeah, that so was my, number one, of course. My number three is Dunnington. Uh, okay. Obviously, was hopefully gonna or still hopefully gonna be the season opener this season. Um, yep. Has been on the calendar. First race was in 1977, which is a long way back. Um, it's quite late though. When you look at the fact that Brands was in, fi- in the 50s. Um, there was a Around about 50s, 60s as well. It's quite a late so, edition. So was Netterton as well. Um, and Croft was 68. So yeah, it, it's a it's a later edition. Um, obviously, it's had a few changes over the years when it went through that iffy stage where it was possibly going to host the British Grand Prix again. Yeah. Um, the lap record round there was set last year by Rory Butcher, a 109.5. Uh, it's 1.98 miles in length with eight corners, although. If they use that extra layout, I think that might might make it better with the extra chicane and the hairpin. Um, yeah. I do like that layout. Uh, yeah, for me, 
again, some great corners. The craner curves going in down to the old hairpin. It was it's just you can see because of how the circuit is set out, you can see so clearly from Redgate all the way round and down, and almost sort of like you can see almost half the circuit if you sit on those banks. Um, and <laughs> it's certainly been a place for big accidents. Yes, I would never forget the uh, Plato barrel roll uh, out of the crane curves. Yeah, I've the, got Plato rolling his cruise. Uh, obviously, Jordan's accident last year at the old hairpin. Oh, yes. And yes. the amount of accidents that have happened in that last chicane where someone's clipped a tyre bundle and left it in the middle yes. of the track just for someone else to come and collect it. Um, yeah, but there's always plenty of first corner action there as well. And yeah, yeah I, I think it's a well laid out circuit. And it was the first race that I'd actually gone to. Oh, okay. Yeah, all the way back in 2002, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long time ago. Long time ago. Okay, then. Moving on to number two. Well, I've had my two and one, so I might as well go for your two and one. Cause number two for me was Knockhill. Oh, yes. Discussed. Yep. And then number one was Rockingham, so I will let you... Give me your number two. So my number two is my home circuit, or probably our home circuit, um, yep. Snetterton. I believe it's the longest circuit on the calendar, certainly this year, um, at 2.97 miles. Obviously the new revised 300 circuit was built in, yep. what, four four seasons ago-ish? Um, lap record of a 155.6 was set by Dan Camish last season. It's been on the calendar since 1959, so only a year after Brands, wow. which is astonishing. Yeah, I didn't realise it had been on there that, that long. Uh, but as I said, had several layout changes. Uh, 12 corners. For me, the best corner on the track is that bomb hole going into Corum. Because you go through bomb hole, your car almost bottoms out, and then Corum is slightly off camber, so it keeps on pushing you wider and wider into that final chicane. Um, and for me, a bit like Cross for you, it's a track that has everything. So yeah. it's got that technical Come first on. sector, it's got the long straights, and with Bombhole and Corum, it's got those long, fast corners, which I think yeah. is everything that you need to challenge a BTCC car in the championship, really. Um, I'd agree, I'd agree. And for me, one of the highlights of that circuit was the double-length race. Yeah, the Diamond Double held in 2018, where there was an epic fight between Matt Neal and Jack Goff. Jack Goff started on pole and tried to hold Matt Neal off for as long as humanly possible. Um, but obviously Matt Neal's quality shone through at the end of the day. Uh, and I remember that weekend there were loads of different changing weathers as well. Yes, there was. Um, yes. I think yes, we were both there, weren't we? Uh, I believe we were, yes. Yeah, yeah but not together. No. But yeah, it was an ex excellent weekend, and it's that fresh start to the second half of the season, nearly always, Yes, um, yes. so it's it's up there for me. And it's seen some great action over the years, obviously we had last year, three into one, which massively didn't go with Sutton, Plato and Butcher, and going back to 2006, uh, Plato and Neil through the bomb hole. Yeah. Um, side by side yep. I think I had to cut Russell Chicane because it was just yeah those two were absolutely side, side, sideways through the bomb hole yep. 
Um, it certainly gives its fair share of action. And of course, that was also the year, was it not, where everyone went into the cornfield onto the first yeah. corner. Everyone got lost in the corn. Well, not everyone, but five or six cars lost themselves in the cornfield. Yeah, that cornfield has seen a lot of touring cars over the years. It has. Which, which is has. surprising, really, because it's quite a distance from the circuit. Yes, there is um, no gravel. No, no. And it was wet grass, which I believe that year it was where they all ended up going off. They were just, as Tim Harvey would say, just a passenger, really. I tell you what, it that the new layout of the circuit though has got one of my favourite corners in it, which is Hamilton, which is I think turn ten, which is an almost flat out left hander into the hairpin to come back out onto the Bentley Straight. Yes. Um and as you know, my mum and Carl, they both marshal there fairly often. Um and they say that's one of their favourite places to watch. Um because you've yes. got cars going either side of you as well being a marshal. Um so yeah, so Snetterton's my number two, uh, my home circuit. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, getting on to our number ones, as we've both mentioned already. Yes. So yours is? Rockingham. And mine is Brands GP. Uh, so we'll go for a full rundown. Yours first, who have you got from five to one? So from five to one for me, it's the technical uh, circuit of Croft in fifth. We then have a forgotten fan favourite in Mondello Park in fourth. Third is Brands Hatch Grand Prix circuit, uh, missing out on the top spot to Knock Hill in second for its uh, wet, wet, wet action. And at number one for the ultimate spectator experience as well as uh, different disciplines of the sport, it is Rockingham who takes my number one spot. Uh, so my five to one, we've got Knock Hill, the tight, twisty, technical one up in Scotland that, as you say, full of water normally. Uh, number four is Rockingham for me. Um, shame that it's been taken off the calendar. We'd love to see it back. Number three, we've got Donington Park. Hopefully the season opener this season, if it gets started. Yep. Um, number two, my home circuit, Snetterton. Um, love going there. And finally, just for the pure spectacle of what happens at the crescendo of a season, is the Browns Hatch GP circuit, which is always full of action. Well, that pretty much sums up our top fives uh, and indeed this episode. We'd love to hear what your top five tracks are, so please do get in touch in all the normal places. Uh, next week we are doing... What are we doing next week, Sam? Uh, nearly Men, I think. We'll, nearly Men. We'll get the Nearly Men of the sport. Those who haven't won a British touring car title, um, but we feel probably should have done or will do in the future. Um, yeah, so, bring up some interesting debate I think on that one yes yeah I think there's going to be quite a few different names thrown into the hat there um, and probably drivers we've gone oh yeah what about them yes yes I look forward to doing that next week that will be out next Friday next Friday yep next Friday good to know that I've also read the schedule for our top five posting and I'm well and truly informed Um, until then thanks as ever for listening please do like and subscribe tell your mates tell games tell their mates and so on and so on pass the pod if you will Uh, stay home stay safe and see you soon goodbye remember to subscribe follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates you can also find us on instagram twitter and facebook by just searching for btcp british touring car podcast and you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com